Hello, and welcome to the Influence Change at Work show. I'm your host, Heather Stegel, founder and change facilitator at Enclaria, where you can accelerate your influence and overcome obstacles to change so you can make a bigger impact in your workplace. Today, my guest is Jill Valdez, who joins the show to share how to create a vision that everyone embraces. In 2000, Jill joined a startup team for a nonprofit organization and was thrust into creating all of the systems and processes necessary to grow the organization. Eight years later, they were operating on two sites with a 30% increase in clients and a simple operations plan that was successfully passed on to the next director. Her next position was for an organization that had been doing things the same way for over 40 years, and she introduced updated processes in order for the team to enjoy greater success at accomplishing their mission. From there, Jill jumped into the for-profit sector, where she discovered that her skills for implementing strategies for employees to be engaged and perform at a higher level would fill a void. Today, Jill is founder and COO of Link, where she helps companies develop efficient processes and create engaged employees. And today, she's going to share with us how she does that. Stay until the end, and Jill will let you know how you can get her number one tool to motivate employees to be their best. So make sure you stay for that. Uh, Jill, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Heather. I'm really excited to be speaking to your audience today. Great. Well, today we're talking about creating a vision that everyone embraces. So let's just start first with this idea of a vision. I mean, are we talking about vision statements? Do companies still have those? <laughs> <That's a laughs> What's going on with question. that? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I hope that companies still have vision statements because really vision statements, they're the, they're the picture of the future and they impact everybody that is um, connected to a company. So like when you listen to Walt Disney's vision for Disneyland over 40 years ago, even for those who've never been there, you can immediately see what the park was to be and what it was known for and how to expect what your experience is. And that's what a vision statement should do for companies today is um, they should be able to paint a picture of the future of where a company is going so that people know whether they want to be a part of that, um, whether that company's for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Yeah, especially for people who are joining an organization, new employees, or even just interviewing, you'd want to know, is this a company that I want to be a part of? Do I want exactly. to be part of where they're going? Okay. Yeah. Well, so how is that different from a mission? Oh, that's statement? a great question. A vision statement really expresses the organization's long-term goals. It describes what it wants to become, whereas a mission statement is answering three questions. Who are we trying to reach? What are their needs? And how are we going to meet those needs? So a vision, like I said, a vision statement, it's really, it's, it doesn't focus on the you are here. Like, you know, when you're looking at the map, you're here. It's focusing yeah. on X marks the spot. It's moving forward. Whereas mission statement is more about uh, how those how you're going to accomplish getting to that place. Got it. So what happens in organizations where they don't have a vision huh? or not a clear vision? <laughs> Chaos. Um, <laughs> I'm working with a client right now and they hired a new director. And before they got there, they really had no vision. And so there had literally been no growth for five years. And also, 
all of the team members, they were operating according to their idea of what the company should be, as opposed to what the company really was even about. And it made for a lot of disunity. It made for tons of drama that this new director has come in and been working to correct. Okay. So what does a good vision look like? Ooh, great question. (laughs) Well, a good vision, it's going to have three components, four components, sorry. It's bigger than what the company is now. It's clear. It focuses on how your company changes lives for your customer and for your employees. And it paints a mental picture. Wow, great. So then how does an organization go about creating a vision that looks like that? Um, so what, when I'm doing corporate retreats, then what I do is I walk them through what those pieces are. Um, and for a company to create that vision, it's about dreaming. It's sitting down and dreaming, um, probably with the executives and, and even including some other people. And it's about dreaming about the future. Like, what do we really want to be? Asking yourself the question, if there were no limits, if money wasn't an issue and we knew we weren't going to fail, what would our future be like? And, and that's the beginning of a vision. And then from there, you take it and you add those components of making sure that it's clear and that it focuses on change, that it's not about, oh, we want to be this multi-million dollar company, and, but it's actually focusing on how the company is going to impact its clients. So it sounds like there's a lot more like purpose involved. Yes. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Okay. And then we wanted to talk about how do we get everyone to embrace this. So you said you start with typically starting with executives in a room, you know, either a conference room, maybe a retreat, something like that, and talking about what dreaming big. But then how do you get everybody else to buy into that? <laughs> yeah. That's not even what you want. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's such the challenge. Um, the overarching answer to that is to make the vision be a reflection of the collective voice of the entire company. Like I said, when I present this vision segment for a corporate retreat, there's more than just the CEO who's drafting the statement. This is a collection of people. Um, An article in Leaderonomics says this, there's no better feeling than the feeling of being heard and understood, even if it doesn't mean you get your way or that the other person agrees with you. It's great to feel like someone put themselves in your shoes for a moment. So the first thing is, is getting that buy-in. A client I'm working with right now, they had a leader who didn't want to hear what team members had to contribute about improving their customer service. She'd been doing it the same way (laughs) and they, and thought this is the best way. This is the only way. And, um, and yet now she's learning to value what other people have to say. And it took a while for the team to get comfortable offering their suggestions and ideas, but now they're providing more input and there's more validation. So it really starts with hearing from the, the rest of the team. Okay. Well, I'm curious though, how did you get that leader to see the need to listen to other people? Do you have any tips for that? That came from coaching. It came from, you know, helping her understand that ultimately she was the lid 
on what was happening and how um, talked about, I shared with her about her personality and how her personality is different from those on her team and helped her understand how she can better communicate to her team and how she can better receive communication from her team. She was sharing with me one time how offended she was when people would say things. And yet that's just because of her personality. They were saying things in a way that she wasn't receiving, but now that she understands what they're saying, it's made a significant difference. Um, but it, okay. it comes with helping a leader along the way understand that everybody's on the same team, um, but we all communicate differently. And so helping that leader see that everybody has, people have good intentions yeah. and helping them better understand that. I would think there's also some involvement with like sort of holding up the mirror for leaders so they can see what their impact is. Exactly. When they say something or do something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. So then going back to this idea of getting everyone to embrace this vision, like how do you go about, you said you want people to uh, feel that they've been listened to and have a voice, but how do you like, give me some practical advice. Like how do you actually do that? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, Hey, let's talk about this abstractly. No, let's talk about some practical stuff. (laughs) The first thing is, is to assure Uh, Again, going back to communication, it's to assure the team that there's going to be changes, but it's for the better of the company and then getting their input. Um, I worked with a church and they were getting ready to change the name. And so they were asking all the members, you know, hey, here's kind of the parameters. What would you name the church? And they had this lady, she's 94 years old. She's so cute. She come in on a Sunday and she came in one Sunday and she's putting along on her walker and she goes this should be the fun church because this is a great place to be and you know she just loved the fact that she could say that so the way that practically to do that for companies the most efficient way to do it is to put out a survey um Most people have heard of the SWOT analysis. You know, what are the company's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, which, again, gives team members an opportunity to speak what they're seeing and helps. This is also very helpful with leaders, you know, kind of holding up that mirror like you talked about, uh, being able to go, oh, this is what's happening on the other side of my walls. So a SWOT and then asking the questions Um, Like, if you were to change one thing, what would that be? And then also asking for them to give their input of, if there were no obstacles, what would the company be doing in three years? It's a really great way for everybody to put in their input, for their voice to be heard. And it's really non-threatening, too. It actually can come across very non-threatening to the leader and non-threatening to the team. Like, they don't have to worry about blowback um, or repercussions for saying anything. It's, hey, we want to hear what you have to say. We know that really your work and your actions are going to make our organization be this great place, great organization that we dream of it being. Okay. And then what does the analysis look like? on that survey. Um, So then once you take a look at it, then it's kind of filtering out what lines up with the core values, uh, what lines up with 
the purpose of the company, you know, because you're going to get a whole bunch of different answers. But when you can line those up and then um, looking for repeatable themes, like with the, especially with the SWAT, you know, what is repeatable? What keeps coming up as a theme and recognizing, okay, this is something that overall our team believes that we do really well. So this is something that we want to incorporate into the future and keep this going. And what can we take from this information of what we do really well to develop it for the future? Okay. And then what do you do from there? How do you compile that into a statement or is there an interim step there? Um, There is. The interim statement is the executives and whoever's in charge of putting together this vision statement, really kind of massaging it, um, brainstorming. You know, you've heard the saying about just throwing it all against the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm -hmm. And and so there's that compilation because it takes a while to get the wording right. It takes a while to get it all right. So when the executives they'll meet um, and they'll put this stuff together and kind of try some things on. I wouldn't, they don't make it public. It's just, this is what's happening behind the scenes. And then they kind of do a soft launch to the team and saying, okay, this is what we've come up with. What's your feedback and listening to what the rest of the team has to say. Cause again, once things are out there on paper, People are like, oh, that's what that looks like. Oh, that's what that means. And it gives um, better opportunity to keep that dialogue going. Okay. So the survey work is being done before the executives or the leadership team gets together, it sounds like. And then they take that information to to create the vision statement? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then you say they share it with the team. Like, uh, is this like... Everybody, you're sharing it back out to everybody, you're sharing it with a core team. Like, what does that look like? So, it, I think that varies from company to company. If it's a smaller company, then you absolutely share it with the whole team. Um, if it's a larger company, you probably do it by division and um, is probably the best way to do that. And, and then, like, it, I can't say it enough. You just got to keep communicating. That's such a key piece to the success of giving everybody to buy in is when they're not afraid that you're keeping them in the dark and when they know where you're at in the process and what's happening, then there's such an assurance on their part and that security that really contributes to the buy-in. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. Um, So this vision is a change. Right. By definition, you said that it's you're trying to you don't usually create a vision of what we're doing right now. Right. <laughs> so exactly. you have a vision of the future. There, there's a change involved. And so uh, we've got to get everybody moving towards this vision. Um, so we've got communication. Is there do you usually get involved with planning afterwards? Figure out, OK, what is the change management piece of this look like as far as how are we going to, what's the strategy for getting there? You know, those kinds of elements. Sure. Great question. What happens is once you have that vision statement, then that is the map of where we're going to be headed forward. Um, And so, yes, there's definitely the need for a strategy after the vision statement of, okay, we've got this, everybody's on board with it. Now, how are we going to make this happen? And And that's, again, going to be 
lots of communication and finding out uh, from team members, you know, if, if you were in charge of this piece, how would you do it? Is probably what I've seen to be one of the most effective ways of implementing change in an organization. Okay. So, you know, if we have this global vision of where we want the organization to be, the best people to know how are we going to get there for my individual piece is that individual. Absolutely. You know, they have the boots on the ground. They know what it takes. You know, a lot of times a a director who's removed isn't going to understand what it takes to make something happen that's two or three layers down. They have a general understanding, but they don't know all the intricacies. Okay. So then to get to those individuals, especially in a large organization, is going to take some amount of cascading, some amount of, you know, getting managers in a room with their teams to figure out individually or as a group, this is what our piece is. And then individually, this is what your piece is, I would think. Yes. And so obviously this doesn't happen overnight. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, um, And that's also just even a part of the strategy of getting everybody to buy in is, is getting people, you know, when you're getting their feedback, they're going to come back and say, well, that's not going to work because of, or, oh, we, we have something already in place that we can make this already happen. That would be ideal. Yes, it would be. (laughs) But yeah, definitely listening for that. Yeah, those grumblings or the, this isn't going to work, you know, and take those as information, not as uh, resistance. Exactly. I'm, I'm working with a company right now and um, it's the one who got a new director. And so all of the team was really scared when this new director came in because they knew that they had heard that she was really driven and she was really excited about moving the company forward and had all these big plans. And so they were super scared. Like, are we going to be able to do this? Uh, You know, are we going to be shut out or what's going to happen? And as she's continued to communicate and celebrate what they're doing, she goes to them and says, Hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking. What are your ideas? Um, it's a nonprofit that's making an impact in the community. And so she's asked them, Hey, I want to, I want to start a school initiative. How would you go about doing it? And then because she's communicating and not keeping them in the dark and always talking about where they're moving forward, then they're able to give their input. And she's not threatened by that. Um, because in reality, they've been doing it a lot longer than she has. So they have a better understanding of how it's really going to work. Great. And then what kind of governance or accountability do you put around the vision to make sure that as we move forward over time, we're actually getting to where we say we wanted to go? Oh, fantastic question. I'm all about making sure that we're measuring our progress. And that does take intentionality. Um, I recommend that companies meet quarterly not like big, you know, big hairy meetings where it's going to take all day kind of thing, but just even, even an email check-in of, Hey, this is what we'd said that uh, we wanted to be doing in the future. This is the plan that we have of moving towards that. Where are we at? What has happened since we last talked? And that gives uh, even 
in upper level management, it gives them an opportunity to say, this is what we're implementing. Uh, these are the obstacles that we've faced. Uh, this is what we're celebrating. Um, these are things we're working on. Great. That reminds me of an organization I've been working with for about, man, I think it's about eight years now <laughs> that uh, started out as a turnaround situation and they created a vision for what they wanted to be that was basically like fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. And it took them about 18 months to turn the company around based on what they created together. And then they got to that point and said, okay, uh, well, we fixed that. So we need a new vision. Yeah. And so, you know, I've been working with them over eight years and they've had at least like three different visions over time just because they reached it and then they right. had to find a new one. Sure. <laughs> so this is something that's not just a one and done kind of a thing. It's a, a something that organizations have to uh, revisit over time. Um, but uh, also to your point, they've been meeting like quarterly or at least three times a year to just reassess where are we? Are we still going where we want to? And, uh, you know, what are, where are we not on track so we can fix it? Right. Oh, that's so good. I'm so excited to hear about the longevity you've had with that company. Um, because you're right, really companies should be revisiting their vision every three to five years. Yeah, at least. I mean, it seems like it keeps getting shorter. I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Culture is changing so fast. And, um, and it's important to recognize that so that you don't get left behind. But it's also important to not rush things just because the whole rest of the world is in a rush. Do it and do it well, even if it means taking some more time. Great. So what would you say are the key takeaways for the person who's listening right now? Sure. Great. Um, So there's really three secrets to getting people to buy into a vision. Um, First secret number one is people want to be heard. Secret number two is communication is the key. Secret number three is keep the vision in front of the people and connect it to their passion. Great. And, you know, that just brings up another question for me. <laughs> Great. Which is, how do, you cre- how do you keep that in front of people? Like, is it an actual picture? Is it a description? You know, how do you keep that in front of people? Sure. Great question. It's, you know, there are companies that have it as a plaque on the wall. And yeah. then they have it on their website. Um Again, and I've said this the whole time, it's about communication. You know, it's about when you're having those team meetings, making sure that you're connecting how what is happening connects to the vision. Um, And also about uh, making sure that when your customers know what you're about, that, that they know that from visiting your website, you might put it as a tagline in your, um, in your email signature, but it's, it's really about communication. Yeah. You know, the, the plaque on the wall, it ends up being the mm-hmm. butt of the jokes, you know, because yeah. Yeah. Uh, people see that and roll their eyes if the organization is not living it. Exactly. You know, if they are, then it's fine. Yep. You know, it can actually serve as a source of inspiration, but if they're not, then it's just a source of cynicism. Absolutely. Yep. 
Great. Well, where can people learn more? Oh, thank you. I appreciate that question. (laughs) So um, as I mentioned in the beginning, I have a free gift for those uh, listeners who have listened to the very end. What I'm going to do is give your listeners a free tool to motivate employees to be their very best. And it's not a bigger paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they'll be glad to hear that. (laughs) uh, Yes. (laughs) I was very glad when I discovered it. And um, anyway, so the best thing for them to do is text the word link to 31996. That's link, L-I-N-K, to 31996. If you're outside the U.S. or if you want to send me an email, you can do that at jvaldez at aspirationalsolutions.life. But the easiest way is to just to get your free gift or to connect with me is to take out your phone and text link to 31996. Great. And then so they'll get that number one tool to motivate employees. They do. And uh, that's also where they can contact you to learn more. Yes. Start a conversation. Absolutely. Great. And of course, well, I'm Jill, on all the social no. media age, the play, platforms yeah. as well. <laughs> Just discovered you on some of those today. Yeah. Well, Jill, thanks so much for being here and for sharing uh, these practical insights on how to create a vision that everyone embraces. Oh, thank you, Heather. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to the Influence Change at Work show. If you'd like to find more resources to help you influence change in your organization, including individual coaching, team workshops, and upcoming training events, please visit enclaria.com. While you're there, be sure to download the free change readiness assessment to find out if your change initiative is set up for success. Until next time, best wishes on your change initiative.